Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And don't miss our one-minute Exit Coach tip of the day on ExitCoachRadio.com. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. Welcome back, everyone. You know, what a great group of guests we've had today, but I've saved one of the best for last. Patty Cotton has been with us on the show before. Uh, Patty is going to open up a new world of possibilities for you, both professionally and personally. She has over 25 years of international leadership experience, and she specializes in transformational change in personal and professional development for leaders, executives, and other key decision makers. Patty provides executive and team coaching workshops, retreats, and talks to help you achieve exceptional results. We had a lot of great reviews from her last interview, which is available on ExitCoachRadio.com in our audio library. So go there and check it out. Patty Cotton from the Cotton Group LLC. We're going to talk about ask for what you want and get it. Patty, welcome back. Thank you, Bill. Such a great, great thing to be able to be with you again. Thanks very much. Oh, wow, I'm what a still, last fabulous interview there that I was just hearing the tail end of. That was amazing. It's been a, it's really been an amazing day of of uh, thought leadership, and I'm so happy that you're uh, able to join us because I think this is going to go down as one of our best shows ever. It's, uh, I'm always fascinating from our fascinated by our guests' views and viewpoints, and um, and I remember very clearly our last interview. It wasn't all that long ago, but um, great a, a great. Um, interview and you had some great insights and let's talk about asking for what you want and get it why do most people don't ask for what they want most people don't ask for what they want because they they frankly don't think they deserve it or they're going to get it you've got two things going on bill with that one is the mindset and that's what i just mentioned and the other is the skill set so you're going to have a lot of fabulous professionals who know all the techniques, they've read the books, they've gone to the seminars, you know, in, in, uh, you know, in their head they know how to ask a lot of times, but they're not quite sure that they're going to actually get it. They may be afraid of rejection, you know, a lot of things going on with the mind to keep us from the actions that we take. So it's that, it's the lizard brain fear of rejection um, the emotional part of our brain that says, you know, just it's easier not to risk it. It's easier to not take that chance. Is that right? Yeah, that's that's one of the two. That's the primary. And I would say the secondary is the skill set. A lot of people think they deserve it, but they don't know how to ask. So you've got both types of people. My The larger, I think the preponderance of people just aren't clear that they're going to be getting what they want. And the other group is that group that pretty much thinks they will, but they actually don't know how to go about asking. So you have the two groups there. So the how to ask. So if people had a uh, a formula or a system or knowledge of a, a, a right way to ask, would they feel more confident? And if so, uh, you know, how do you ask uh, for what you want? 
Absolutely. And and yes, Bill, it, it, it is actually a very simple formula. Uh, the people will will read a lot about how to set up chairs in a room or let the other guy go first, you know, in talking and that sort of thing. But the foundational, I think, is where we stop. And if we don't have that foundation of knowing how to ask, then anything else we do as far as dressing up the room and who goes first and this and that is just not going to work. So the foundation, I think, of I have five steps in knowing uh, knowing how to get what you want. But knowing how to ask, I think there are probably three within that step of knowing how to ask which which are the most important. And I would say, first of all, you've got to be clear. So defining the problem. And, Bill, I, I'm sure you've been in meetings where, where people have started to talk and you're trying to figure out what they want. And they'll go all over tarnation, around the bush, and so forth, and back again before they finally get to the point. And, and so we don't want to be one of those people. We actually want to know very concisely, very clearly, what, what do we want before we go in and ask. So, so you actually have to define the problem. Another way to ask yourself to get to the bottom of it is, what are you trying to solve? So mm-hmm. what problem am I trying to solve? So be concise and get to the point quickly, because there's nothing worse than trying to wait, wait through somebody's rambling as they're trying to process this. Patty, is that but, kind of like the, the headline of the article that you're about to write? Is You start with the headline, and the headlines are usually seven words or less, you know, so it's it's really that clarity that you're after the theme of what you're going to ask for. Is that what we're talking about here? Absolutely. And I love how you put that, Bill. That's beautiful. It's the thesis sentence. It's the headliner. It's what are we talking about? What's the problem that we're trying to solve? Yeah, absolutely. One thing I've, I've realized by the number of interviews that we've done is it could be the the best content in the world, but if you don't he- if you don't position the headline properly, uh, you don't get people's attention. Absolutely, that's right. So really, have that headliner out in front, as you say, so that people know what you're talking about, and then the rest seems to fall into place. Mm-hmm. I would say then too, the the second step out of the three that I talk about the most would would be to be direct. So to ask early in the conversation and ask it again at the close. Uh, so, so don't try and disguise this time together as something else. It's going to feel like a bait and switch. So, you know, they're sitting in a, sitting in a lunch meeting and thinking that you've been invited to a social foray, if you will, and finding out that the person really wants to talk about something specific. I think is is kind of a beaten switch. So if you're if you're making an appointment with someone or or making time to get together, to really let them know the topic for discussion. It doesn't mean you get straight to it and you don't go through you know finding out how they're doing and their family and their work is, but but really allow them to know that you're coming with you know something that you want to discuss specifically, and and so don't leave them hanging you know. And then have to find out later. 
wouldn't you have a lot of no shows <laughs> if you if you if people really know what you're there <laughs> yeah you know that's a funny question and i think that's a great question actually bill you you i i have found uh if if you're a person who is a giver as well as a receiver in networking and in your working relationships and so forth that that people are going to show for you and uh you know, a conversation like the following, it, it, it might go like this. Uh, hey, Bill, this is Patty, and I know we haven't talked for, you know, gosh, several weeks now. And I'd love to catch up with what you're doing and and how the family is doing. And I also want to come to you with, with a specific topic that I want to, to talk about and get your help on. So I wonder when we might you know, be able to make a time to, to get together to talk about all of this. So just mm. be upfront, but also let them know that you're caring about them and really do care about them. You know, this is not something mechanical and it's not something artificial. But when you couch it that way, if you're, if you're really uh, coming at this from a relationship, you know, strengthening a relationship basis and not just, I just want something from you, I think you're going to get a lot of shows. I, it, it, that has been in my experience and the people that I coached. When they care about the other person and they're willing to listen as well and, and to give as well as receive, you're not going to have a lot of no-shows. Okay, yeah. so so what you're saying is let them know there's going to be other topics or issues that you want to bring up. You don't have to be incredibly specific about what they are, but just don't don't let them think this is just a, uh, a, a get-together to talk about family and, and what's going on. There's going to be some business discussed at this meeting as well. Exactly. So if I were going to go ask for money, for example, because I was a fundraiser in my former life, I would tell the person that I wanted to catch up with and bring them updates, and I also want to seek their counsel on a project and, and, and invite them to take a look as to whether or not they want to partner in it and talk about what that might look like. And as specific as that, I did not have no-shows. So, so, but I didn't say, and I'm coming to ask you for $3 million. Right. Well, there so, was a time yeah. when, when every, everybody that invited you somewhere was it was a multi-level marketing <laughs> event. Right. <laughs> you know, hopefully those days are over for a while now. But but uh, people do get suspicious if that's your mo. So you have to, like we talked about earlier, that for every marketing message you want to deliver, every sales message, you need to buffer that with a couple of. Uh, you know, I'm interested in you for more than just coming to you for for sales, uh, a sales message or some kind of an ask. Oh, absolutely, and uh, absolutely, and you hit the nail right on the head when you mentioned multi-level marketing, Bill. Because I can remember a time when I was a young mother, and I was invited for the first time to a social gathering at my church at, at one of the homes. And I got there early. I was just thrilled to start forging this new community. And I walked in, and there was an easel with a name that started with an A, and it was turn, it, mm-hmm. it turned out to be a meeting that I didn't stay for because I had felt deceived and, and really let down. So that's what you don't want to do. Yeah, to yeah. your point. To your point. When you yeah. when you get the invitation that says PS bring your checkbook, you know you're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So so I would say the first the, the first two steps are no you know, be clear and be direct and then be specific when you're asking. And I think this is where a lot of people get fouled up too. You know, specify exactly what it is that you want. People aren't mind readers. 
So, so here's what I mean by this. You may do the ask, but what materials or processes or steps need to be taken, you know, and what do you want of the person you're asking? What people are involved to, to solve this? So be clear about what the other person would need to do in order to help you fulfill the request. So, and I'll give you a personal example here again. If I ask my husband to take out the trash, he's always willing to do it. But I learned early on in our marriage that I needed to be more specific. So, so here, here it is. One Friday morning, shortly after we were married, I heard the trash truck come through the neighborhood, and I sort of rolled over and said, Honey, thanks so much for taking out the trash last night. I cleared out a bunch of old moldy stuff in the garage, and I'm just worried about the health hazard, and so I'm glad it's going out. And he sat up in bed and said, What do you mean the trash is going out this morning? Well, last night I asked you to take it out, so I assumed that you did. Well, of course, I'll take it out, but you didn't say when, so I thought I'd take it out today, you know, after after I did a couple things in, in the home office. So... Whose fault was that? Nobody's but mine. I wasn't specific. And just the same as husbands and wives are not mind readers, so are not business associates and potential clients. So, so you, want, you don't want to be caught assuming. So be specific about what you need from the other person as you're looking to solve what you want to get would be no, the I third got, step, I would say. I, I love it, and I've got a question for you because I heard one time someone told me that, or maybe I read it, but they said, <clears throat> when you want to be specific about something, the most important word you can use is because. And the because makes the specific request make uh, become uh, sensible and urgent to the individual. So could you take out the trash because there's some, you know, moldy stuff that I put in there and we, we really need to get rid of that. Uh, as an example, have you ever heard that or, or is that a good technique? I, I have heard that and I use variations on that. So that's a great technique because, and here's why, because uh, <laughs> you're, you're sharing with them why it's important. And another, another way to say that, here's why I'm asking you know, which is a variation of because. What I, I would draw that one step further to share with them the, the benefits and the outcomes, not only to you, but also to them. Because I think when you're going to ask for something you want, you know, you have a lot of people who will do you favors, but you want to make sure that it's a benefit to them also. Uh, you want to make sure this is a give-and-take relationship, that you're doing something for them as well. And to go back to asking for money. Uh, let's say, and I did this, in, as I say, in a former life. You come to them asking for their help to partner with you, but you also want to share with them why it's important that they are involved. Uh, and in some form or another, if you can link that, because you don't want to, you don't want to be a taker. You want to be someone who is looking to be some kind of a marriage broker, if you will. I think if you can marry causes or 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 uh, requests with with people who will be the better for having helped in some way, I think that's always a winning winning combination. But. Back to your point, because it's very important to share with them the benefit and the outcome that that will have. seems like it kind of creates a link between the different parts of the brain that you have from the, uh, the, the, the action and the reasoning but, but coming together and, and maybe creates a little bit more uh, of a complete request. I like that. Yeah, yeah, very much, very much. 
So now, now one of the things that so those are the three um, knowing how to ask. Are those the three? Are there any more to that, or is that the three rules for that? You know, you could write a book on that, but I would say the foundational is 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 to be be clear, be direct, and mm-hmm. be specific. Those that that you have to have down those three before you go anywhere else. Absolutely. Okay. And those aren't just words on a page. Those Each of those requires a lot of thought and a lot of work because, you know, it's easy to talk for an hour on something. It's very hard to distill it down to seven or eight words and, and really come across with a powerful message. Absolutely. And if this is going to be a critical conversation, Bill, for example, if you need something that is emotionally charged, for example, you also want to say to yourself, how do I want to be emotionally in the conversation? And how will I remain present if it gets charged in the room as I'm asking? So that it doesn't become, and, and, you know, I've used money as an example. Let me now use something with some emotionality to it. Maybe you've got a critical conversation where you need to ask someone to meet your expectations. You also understand that you've been maybe avoiding this conversation because you're you're worried that it's going to be emotionally charged for some reason. And so I would ask myself, how do I emotionally want to be present in the room for myself and for the other person so that I can stick to the issue and not get sucked into the emotional vortex? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, absolutely. You have to have your your game plan for how you're going to react if things do get a little out of hand uh, well, or, or emotionally charged, like you say, because you don't want to get pulled into that. Right. So in other words, I mean, a lot of people will spend time on planning, you know, how they're going to ask and what they're going to ask for and how they're going to negotiate. But they're leaving a visceral part out, which is, you know, this could be an emotionally charged conversation or somewhat tense. How do I want to be in the room emotionally? Let me put that hat on before I go in so I have some intentionality about it. And how do I want to be present for the other person in case it's tense? It may not be an emotional vortex, such as I've described, but you may be in a negotiation that will be a little bit emotional because it's it's a stop-and-think kind of request that the other person has to grapple with. So how will you be present for them as they might get a little tense and so forth so that you're still listening, you're still respectful, and you're not drawn into the emotionality of the dynamics, if you will. And that mm. really can mm-hmm. keep a conversation on an even keel when, it, when it's critical. That's, that's great. Great insights and great thoughts. It's just so much fun talking to you, Patty. There's so many, you know, this is such a part of daily life is communication, understanding and being prepared for how you're going to communicate. And uh, especially these days, I mean, people are always um, trying to communicate. And it's a lost art, I think. A lot of times uh, we're, we're losing some of the uh, the capabilities of communication as we move to things like text messages, and uh, it's really something we have to focus on. Now, one of the things that you uh, you focus on yourself is uh, is to help successful people play a bigger game and not play it small. And we talked about that a, lo- a lot. And listeners, you can go back to our audio archives, our audio library at exitcoachradio.com and find Patty's uh, past um, episode. It was it was a fantastic interview. So tell us a little bit about that. You have a free article and you have a group coaching program for women as well. So tell us a little bit about the, those issues. 
I do, and uh, I think one of the, the free article on the ways successful people play it small is on my website, as is the group coaching program for women, Step Into Exceptional Confidence. And what they have in common, Bill, is that it's really all about asking. It's about asking what you want and then going out and getting it. So it ties in nicely with what we're talking about today. And but the website is, by the way, pattycotton.com. So it's P-A-T-T-I-C-O-T-T-O-N.com. And you can find out about both of those programs there. But I think it comes back to what is it that I want and what is it that I'm going to ask of life. It's not just about a particular person unless it's me. I'm going to design my next chapter. I'm going to be in control of what I do with circumstances and opportunities in my life. And so so they both address that as and as well as I, I think my $3 million question is in there somewhere as well. I don't know if we have time for me to share that today. If not, we'll keep that for another time. It's $3 million? I want to hear it. <laughs> okay, so here, here it is. Here's the formula okay. for the $3 million question. And this is really a question that is asking for what you want, but you're also listening to the other person. And uh, I did this to, to get $3 million in 60 seconds, and I got it. And here it is. Here's the formula. Under what conditions would you consider a gift of $3 million? Notice I didn't say would you, could you, when could you, etc. I said under what conditions. So you're going to tell me what you need. All your objections are going to surface. Under what conditions would you consider means could you think about it, could we talk about it, a gift of $3 million. And I did, I did get $3 million within 60 seconds after asking that question from a gentleman who had historically never given more than a $1 million gift per year to any one entity anywhere. So it really does work, and it also works on spouses. <laughs> So I, enjoy enjoy practicing that question. It's a lot of fun. You'll hear all the objections, and you'll be able better to, to meet them then and say, can we work together to do that then? So that's the $3 million question. Now, if, if someone wants to, obviously, they want to go to your website and find out about what you have written about and your new group coaching program, but uh, in the group coaching program that you're starting um, – how is that going to work? Is it going to be a face-to-face -face group meeting? Is it virtual, or, or what's the format? It's virtual. It's virtual because I have people that I coach all over the world, actually, and Perfect. I already have some sign-ups from back east and so forth. So six months of jam-packed, doubling, tripling, quadrupling your confidence in life for, for women, and we're going to work in tight, wonderful virtual community together. Yes. That's wonderful. That's fantastic. Well, you know what? I'd love to have you come back on again soon, and let's just do a, an episode just on, on what's going, some of the things that are going to be covered, what people can look forward to, and let's really get the word out about that because, uh, you know, it, it's so helpful to people to be able to convene online with someone who cares like you and, and learn and build their confidence uh, it's so important. So let's get let's get into that again um, next time. In the meanwhile, listeners, go to Patty Cotton, P A T T I C O T T O N dot com. Find out what this remarkable lady has been up to and and how she's 
helps people to play a bigger game. I mean, it's it, we limit ourselves so much because of, uh, of things that we've learned along the way or what people have told us or just the way we look at life or, or what the media tells us. We don't have to. We can play a bigger game, and Patty Cotton's here to help us do that. So, Patty, thanks so much for, help, for uh, helping us out today and joining us, and I always look forward to talking with you, and I hope you'll join us again sometime soon. Bill, thank you. I enjoy talking with you as well. I'd love to. Thanks very much. Well, thanks very much. That's going to do it for our show today. I've been talking with Patty Cotton of the Cotton Group. Again, I want to thank you for listening, and I want to thank all of our guests and our hosts, our sponsors, that is. And remember, we update content daily, so please visit us often and tell your friends to find us at ExitCoachRadio.com and find our other many hosts. We now have 12 hosts that are starting shows at ExitCoachNetwork.com. And if you'd like to be a guest, on one of those shows, go to guest.exitcoachradio.com and simply book yourself on to a show. We'd love to hear from you. We're looking for advisors, authors, and leaders of all kinds. And we're doing that to help our hero, the private business owner, with tips, ideas, and precautions so that you are well-planned. Thanks very much, and we'll catch you again on the next show. You're listening to ExitCoachRadio.com, the information station for age 50-plus business owners, where we're interviewing over 250 top advisors for their best tips, ideas, and precautions so you can be well-planned. We upload new one-minute tips every day. ExitCoachRadio.com. Come listen for a minute. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio. 